0: Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, You know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guests, we might get into a little bit of politics. But mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter pinned as the tweet is linked to UNICEF. Which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another episode of the comic Source. This is a spawn daily episode once again, joined by my pal Blake Whitlow. We're here to talk today about spawn number fifty seven You can tell by the cover there uh on my left. yeah, we're finally getting some spawn Cygore action. It's been a been a long time coming like Blake was saying last issue. I think he f- first showed up like around issue forty, so we're talking almost a year and a half before we finally get a, a confrontation. And we learn a little more. I mean, we, we've sort of seen Sigor's origin, uh, but we get a little bit more to get a little more context, learn a little bit more about his uh, his ties to Spawn. Like wh- all along, we've wondered, what is it about uh, Spawn? Specifically, I, I guess I should say, what is it about Al Simmons that dr- has drawn Sigor to him? Because we saw when he was uh, traipsing through the countryside, drawn to new york city that was the name he kept uttering simmons simmons like wh- why you know why is it al simmons and the other thing that you wonder about is al simmons technically isn't even al simmons anymore he's spawn he's not even in the same body as he's you know reminds people all the time so again what is it about al that that can draw a Cy, side uh, to him so let me go ahead and share my screen give you a a closer look at that awesome cover from from great Capullo. Um, wait, you guys, hold on. Let me. I think I have that. There we go. All right, there we are. Yeah, so awesome cover. A lot of negative space. Sigor and Spawn uh, battling it out on uh, on the cover. So let's go ahead and dive into the issue with the, uh, the credits story by Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo on pencils, Todd McFarlane on inks, this time joined by Danny Mickey, Jason Gorder, and Chance Wolf. Orzakowski, uh, editor and letters as always, and then Haverland and Don Kemp on, uh, or Dan Kemp, rather, on colors. Big uh, recap <laughs> from last issue. Now, this is what's interesting, right? When Blake and I talked about last issue, didn't have a whole lot to say in terms of momentum of the story and what actually happened. And sometimes those are the, and I've said this before, sometimes those are the biggest recaps. And then when you have issues that have a ton of action, you know, if it's like Spawn's fighting somebody, you can literally sum that up as Spawn fighting Cygor, for example. (laughs) It's so interesting. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to read the summary just because it does give some extra context, maybe a little more, um, makes things a little more clear. Uh, as opposed to some of the things that were implied last issue. So Major Forsberg, military strategist, kidnapped and imprisoned by Jason Wynn, key figure in U.S. foreign intelligence. That you know that may not have been completely clear from last issue. Um, Forsberg had determined insights into the great conqueror Genghis Khan. Obviously, the last issue was called Khan. Relayed some of that knowledge to Wynn, and Forsberg denied having knowledge of Wynn slaughtering Forsberg family right before his eyes driven mad by that as well as the torture that he uh received while he was imprisoned forberg now thinks that Khan's spirit inhabits win and he suffers guilt for having created this power mad uh geopolitically murderous monster that's <laughs> in his mind that is uh, what Jason Wynn has become so Fitzgerald directed spawn to free forsberg and uh and again he must have some value that's why he's uh, still alive meanwhile the clown continues to direct win in a campaign to take out spawn and Sigor Cy- lies in wait in uh in spawn's lair in rat city so um that brings everybody up to date and as you can see from the first page there spawn has returned to rat city and he's got forsberg with him and poor guy like forsberg is still practically naked as he's sitting there uh, tearing up little pieces of paper, looking very scared, almost terrified, you'd say, waiting for you know who's who's going to attack me next. You can see his eyes bulging. Again, great art, great uh, emotion in the face uh, from uh, from Greg Capullo, and Spawn's talking to, to Terry Fitzgerald, going, "Man, we're not going to get anything out of this guy. He didn't say a word on the whole trip back. <laughs> He's lying in a pile of crap. Uh, like this guy's a waste." And Terry is not so quick to dismiss. He's like, "Well, what do you what do you expect, Al? This guy's, you know, he's been rotting away in solitary confinement for years. He's been tortured. Can't find any record of his family, which means they were probably killed. You know, he's he's. If I wasn't so paranoid that Win was watching me, I'd find a better place to stash him, where he could maybe recover instead of your house of horrors." And spawn actually takes offense to that, which I find interesting because, I mean, what else would you call it? You got dead bodies, creepy worms, trash laying all around. Like, yeah, you do live in a house of horrors, uh, Al. Like, he what else has a
1: throne of decaying yeah. bodies? Yeah. <laughs> I think but, uh, I think he takes offense to it because he's still insecure about all of it. And we talked about this in a previous episode. He isn't completely settled into his new situation and he uh he doesn't exactly like that he's in this situation so when terry makes these kinds of comments and and confronts him on these things like hey you could be doing something different other than living in trash and surrounding yourself with like these bacteria infested decaying corpses like you could do other things and spawn's like no you don't understand i have to (laughs) yeah he's
0: he's definitely in a tough tough spot yeah you're right it's it's probably partially the the shame but he, yeah the insult we're told the insult cuts deep spawns tempted to break communication then and, and terry's like hey you still there you're still there he's like yeah i'm here like okay good let the the key is not to traumatize this guy any further uh you know i'm sure the trip was was bad enough without being you know wrapped in your cloak that would unsettle uh unsettle anybody on the way back so keep him warm it's it's really cold tonight spawn's like don't worry the cold doesn't penetrate down here uh like what do you think he needs and terry said just just time he just needs time to to recover so obviously he's valuable you know going along what i was saying uh terry tells spawn yeah he obviously he's valuable or Win would have had him killed otherwise so we just need time and to figure out what it is that's going to trigger his memory and and calm him down and we can get some information from him uh and Spawn's like, well, I hope you're right, dude, because this guy was living like an animal when I when I found him. So all of a sudden, Terry's like, OK, uh, got to go because Wanda's coming home. And remember, he's keeping it a secret that Al's back from Wanda. He thinks that's a, a way to protect her. Um, and so he he hangs up with with Al quickly as Wanda comes uh, walking in the front door. So meanwhile, Spawn is sitting there pondering this guy thinking, I, I just don't see how he's going to be able to help. Um I, you know he feels bad for the guy if he's lost his family, and maybe he Spawn's finally realizing that there are some similarities between him and Forsberg. Um, but yeah, Forsberg definitely seems out of it as he's just sitting there tearing up little pieces of paper. When uh, all of a sudden the worms seem to um, to become agitated, and Forsberg actually yells out, "No, keep them away! I've done nothing wrong. I've paid for my sins." And the reason the worms are going crazy, the reason that, uh, that Forsberg is kind of agitated is because Cyborg chooses this moment to reveal himself as he comes crashing into the the area uh, and attacks Spawn. And, I mean, it, it's hard to overstate how incredible this page is from, from Greg Capullo. I mean, it's almost like each individual hair on Cyborg has been drawn, or Cygor rather, has been drawn Um You have all the detail in Spawn's face, in his cape, in uh, all all the bodies that go flying, all the corpses that go flying that were um, what made up Spawn's throne before Saigur goes barreling into it and everything sort of goes flying. So just an absolute fantastic, really kinetic and um, just a really awesome page. And uh, you can you can see uh, something else too, because uh, I, and I purposely didn't block it out. The edge of these scrolls where the, um, the exposition boxes are—I mean, those are done really well. So it's it's detailed like that. Like you could they could have just put just straight up dialogue boxes, um, but they add a little a little uh, atmosphere to the story by uh, by putting in those edges where it, it looks very scroll-like. So I definitely wanted to, to call that out. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty brutal battle between Saigor and Spawn where uh, Forsberg is out. Well, you know, I'm going to take this chance to escape. Spawn is aware of that, which I think is really cool. Even as he's focused on fighting Saigor, he, he's got some of his I don't know, we'll call them minions, you know, the, the worms and rats and whatnot that kind of keep uh, Forsberg pinned in where he's supposed to be, which I, I thought was really cool. And it seems like Sigor has a bit of the upper hand and he kind of tosses Spawn into an alcove where it's, uh, it's sort of dark as uh, Sigor is, is uh, sort of gathering himself to, uh, to launch another attack. And as he jumps at uh, Spawn, Spawn, manages to get out of the way, uh, at the last second. And, uh, we're reminded that Saigor traveled over 300 miles intent on reaching this hell spawn. And even though spawn has changed physically, Al Simmons has changed physically. And this is what I was talking about at the beginning. Um, there's still something about him, even though he's given up his soul, there's still an aura that's forever bound to Al Simmons existence. And it's that aura that has emanated this beacon that has drawn, uh, drawn Sigor to Al Simmons. So even though he's technically not in the same body, even though he's given up his soul, there's something there um, that's enabled Saegor to, to hone in on his uh, intended target. So yeah, they trade a, a few more blows and spawn starts to realize that, the level of hate, this pure, it's called pure, unadulterated hate that Sigor has for him is something that, that Al can actually use as an advantage. And this is interesting because Blake and I both have talked so many times about Al acting impulsively, not thinking things through, giving in to either his hatred of... Uh, of Jason Wynn or because of his love for Wanda or whatever, just acting on instinct rather than really thinking things through. This proves that Al knows that acting that way is a mistake, that it leaves an opening because Saegor here is doing the same thing, right? He's got, he's got unadulterated hate coursing through every synapse of his being, and that creates an opening for Spawn, right? And so Spawn gathers himself he gathers all these bats into his cloak you know we've seen many times especially when tony daniel was drawing many times the the bat as a symbol much like the worms much like the rat uh a, a, as something that spawn can can control and a like an animal or a a beast that can help channel the energies of evil from wherever they're being gathered to the the symbiote so as he steps back and and waits for Sigor to come to him. He knows that the hate that Sigor feels is a is a weakness. Um. So he Spawn definitely has a has a plan. And again, really cool page, really cool layout. We see Super the spikes, we see page. the eyes, we see the chains, um, and then all of it brought together there. In uh, in a great looking uh, page from from Capullo, and we're reminded that this is this kind of strategy this thinking and again it's goes against what spawn does so many times when he acts on instincts he acts on compulsion and that's the mistake that al simmons has been making but we're reminded this is why he was selected to become a hell spawn in the first place and the way that uh mcfarland phrases it it's because his internal wiring was right the lords of hell knew his kind they knew his value he knows how to strategize. He knows how to examine and analyze a situation, and take advantage of, of weaknesses that his uh, his opponent might have. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's using the the hate that Saigor feels. Saigor is not thinking strategically, and it, you know, in these first few moments of the fight, Al's figured out already how he's going to beat him. First, he sets him up. He sets him up by acting like he's more tired and he's more slow than he actually is. He wants Saigur to, to press his advantage and feel like he's, he has the the upper hand and he's also goading uh, the gorilla to, to keep attacking, keep pressing the attack and keep finishing the attack so that he'll act more like he's in a frenzy without deliberate movements. And once all of that happens, it's going to release more adrenaline, which then will have sigor thinking even less clearly, and that will give uh, the opportunity for sigor to attack blindly. And when he does that, uh, we see that Spawn unleashes his, his plan, the reason he gathered all those bats and all those worms and all those beasts that he um, he can control. And <laughs> you can see it there uh, in the panel from Capullo. He launches all that at sigor and all these bats and all these worms and all these rats and all these creatures um, that Spawn can control, they, they literally go into every orifice, every hole, every possible place that, um, that Cygor can breathe out of. And they, they suffocate his prey and we see him fall to the ground. And I mean, he, I mean, it's not, don't forget, he's a cybernetic gorilla. So it's not only, you know, oxygen and everything else he needs, it's all the technology that this blast of worms and bats and whatnot have uh, have also damaged. So he's laying there. He's he's completely defeated. Um, and Spawn has has won the day through intelligent analysis through that you know internal wiring we're told about from McFarlane, The whole reason that Al Simmons was chosen in the first place is his ability to fight and it it's not what he's been doing. Like if this is the way that Al would have fought against curse and against um, Malbolgia and against all the other uh, people that he's gone up against that have been coming at him from all these different directions, you would think he'd be in a lot better place instead of just reacting and giving into emotion. So it's, it's an interesting way to look at it in terms of, yeah, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, but it's exactly what he hasn't been doing uh, all along. So as Saigor lays there, uh, and this part's a little, eh, not the best, it's a little cliche, a little tropey, but as Sigor lays there, he he calls out his own name, Saigor. And that somehow magically, miraculously, maybe a little too coincidentally, uh, gets through to Forsberg. He's like, wait, what did I, what did you hear you say? And Spawn's like, wait, you can talk? He's like, Cygor, I know that name. So it's not even like something that he was heavily involved in, but it's enough to sort of trigger a memory. He goes, yeah, I read that file. Wait, what? Like, it's not, again, not like if he headed up the project or something. No, no. he just read the file. He's like, I didn't even think Wynn cared about it. Spawn's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Wynn cared about what? And so then he goes on to explain that they found out about um, some military assets overseas, that were uh, working on creating the perfect killing machine. And it was this Taiwanese cartel. They'd done this research and development on cyborgs. And when uh, decided to take their research and kind of have a shortcut. So we sent Al Simmons to their facility. He's like, yeah, we sent one of our, um, one of our assets there. I think his name was Simmons. And uh, he went and extracted all this information, killed everybody. Obviously Forsberg doesn't know that spawns Al Simmons. because yeah, a few years later, Simmons dies under suspicious circumstances, but it was kind of a sloppy hit, and there were some there was some information that a younger cadet was aware of, and there were rumors going around, and then all of a sudden, that younger cadet, Mike Kenezi was his name, he disappeared, I think and it's pronounced Konechny. That's, that, that's, way yeah. too, that's way too hard to say. I'll just say Mike. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this guy, Mike, he got taken out um, as well. And the rumor was that he became a half monster, a cybernetic gorilla named Cygor. So this guy, this cyborg gorilla, the brain that's in there is mm-hmm. somebody that Spawn knew, somebody that Al Simmons knew.
1: And and was punished as the direct result of trying to uncover the mystery surrounding Al's death. So really
0: interesting. And you wonder again, why, so why has Sigor been drawn to Al Simmons? Well, maybe because it was the last major event in his life. It was why he got killed because he was trying to uncover who killed Al Simmons. So Mm -hmm. uh, Forsberg goes on to say, yeah, if this is him, when must've gained big financial and political clout and, you know uh used it to to further this um, this cybernetic gorilla program or whatever and uh spawns lives. he's really taken aback by this he's like oh my god like this can't be mike i I can't believe it and uh, he's still moving around a little bit and uh, Cygor is rather and uh he's remembering we get again a little bit of insight into um into his origin how his brain was transplanted into the cybernetic gorilla body and how he felt drawn to his uh, his objective, track down his creator. Um, so meanwhile, back at uh, Terry's house, Wanda stumbled upon the equipment, and she wants to know what the hell Terry's been up to. And he explains that he's been working with somebody to take down Jason Wynn, like they always planned. Wanda's worried. Terry's not giving her the whole, uh, whole story, and she can sense it. But she's worried about their family and the danger that it poses and um, you know, Terry's like, well, yeah, that's, that's why we need to take him out basically. So when I'm, I, I almost feel like Terry should just come clean with her, but I also can see his side of it, why he might, he might not want to. So, um, back at the scene of the battle, um, Sigour is starting to recover a little bit and he says, made me you. So he, he in his mind in his adult mind with whatever experiments were done on him or whatever, he's blaming spawn or al simmons the aura that he senses that's al simmons that is spawn he's blaming him for his very existence which yeah you got to blame win not not spawn but you can understand the the confusion with everything that he's gone through but al you know he's having a tough time he feels guilty enough with everything that's going on right and with cog recently piling on that he should feel guilty uh about Wynn going after Terry and Wanda, even you know beyond their connection to Spawn, the fact that he stole the weapons has a lot to do with why Terry was framed and, and Wynn was trying to take him out. Now, on top of that, he finds out that this guy, Mike, who was trying to uncover the mystery around Al's death, became this cybernetic gorilla through the machinations of Jason Wynn because of that. So again, it's just, it's more piled on the, the, uh emotional bonfire and guilt that is, uh, Al Simmons life. So, uh, he goes off to get some space and that's how the issue ends with uh, a great picture of him hanging out on a gargoyle, New York in the background with, uh, we're told laughter echoing in the background. And that's Mal of course, who's reveling in this, uh, this guilt and this existence that Al Simmons continues to uh have, this tortured existence. And again, I'll go back to this idea of look at the way that Al acted earlier when he was fighting Saigor in terms of how analytical and emotionless he was in making these decisions and how successful it was in allowing him to defeat Saigor. But then as soon as something personal is revealed, as soon as something that impacts him, he goes back to not thinking rationally and that pleases Malbolgia, you know, not, not to say that he doesn't deserve to have some space. And this is not a, a tough revelation for him to, uh, to experience the fact that, Hey, this guy is a cybernetic gorilla and your death. But again, I mean, it's not like he actively turned this guy into a cybernetic gorilla, but again, he can't help, but feel guilty for it. Uh, And just the fact that Malbolgia revels in that is proof enough that what Al needs to do is try as much as he can to divorce emotion and impulse from the decision making.
1: Um, That's the only way he's going to he's going to defeat Malbolgia in my mind. I think you're completely right. He uh, that's the state. I mean, Malbolgia has told him to his face like. I want you to suffer. I want you emotionally confused. I want you psychologically damaged because the more messed up you are in that sense, the better I can control you and the better weapon for hell you'll be. And so we've talked about it before, how Al is a little stunted when it comes to his, uh, his, uh, connection to his own emotions and he has a hard time expressing, uh, emotions as an adult, you know, he, he's had a lot of stuff going on and he's, you know, we, we've seen some of his past, how he may have, you know, rode the line of potentially being a sociopath and how he executed his missions. We saw before how he would murder children and old people and women. Like he he he's a very dark, morally gray character <laughs> in that regard. So, you know, that's that's helped shaped him into who he is now, and he's wired just the right way. I love the the specific wording that they choose. He's wired just the right way to be a tool uh, for hell. And- yeah. It can be a little conflicting
0: in a way though. Right. Cause I mean, you, you want to say, okay, he's, he's wired the right way and you want him to rely on that wiring. You want him to, to rely on quote unquote, you know, instinct. But mm-hmm. yet what we're talking about here is him setting his emotions aside. So it's almost like, which way is it? I, I look at it as, Mal Bolger wants to break Al Simmons so that the Al Simmons persona mm-hmm. becomes completely subsumed and he no longer is acting on impulse, but is acting on instinct. Yeah. And I think that those that wiring, when you talk about it, is instinctual. It's you know more of a base level of of kind of behavior. And Al Simmons, you know, that's the potential he has to be a great general in in Malbolge's army. But -hmm. you got to get rid of the Al Simmons emotion and impulsiveness first. Um, So, yeah, you got to it's it's interesting. You got to make sure you kind of, you know, talk about it in the right way, because I don't necessarily think that Al Simmons acting on instinct is necessarily a bad thing, because I think, you know, in terms of what we how how it's laid out here is instinct is wiring is to act out of an unemotional way and analyze the situation and make the best choices. But when he acts out of emotion and impulse based on those emotions, I think that's when he gets in trouble. And that's what Malbolja wants because of those types of decisions and that kind of um, behavior is what eventually is going to lead to, to Al Simmons becoming the equivalent of what Forsberg was in that cell. He'll just be completely broken and hidden away and, and kind of crazy. Um, and all that's left will be this like instinctual killing machine with the power of a hell That's
1: a really good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. He needs to get out of that, that spot where Mel Bolger wants him, where he's emotionally tortured and, you know, try and, you know, not cut off his emotions necessarily, but don't let his emotions control him. Right. He controls his emotions. His emotions don't control him. Sort of a thing. You know, as soon as he can actually get a hold of that aspect of him, then he can actually, you know, as we see in this issue, he can make a plan. He can see and analyze a situation and flip it to his advantage. But then, as you mentioned before, as soon as an emotional aspect gets involved, he kind of cuts himself off and he goes off and now he's in a really bad spot mentally (laughs) before, when it was just a gorilla, that was one thing he could handle that situation. Yeah, sure. Giant robot gorilla trying to kill me. I can figure that problem out. But then as soon as it's, it's an old friend of his that was trying to avenge his death and he died in the process of avenging his own death. It's, Now there's emotional baggage tied to it. And now he doesn't know what to do or how to handle that situation.
0: Yeah. And it's the other part that's interesting. Well, first of all, I'll say um, in terms of what you're saying about, yeah, you got to not act impulsively because that's what Mal Bolger wants you to do. I, I think in terms of like living your life and making decisions, choosing to do the opposite of what the evil demon wants, it's probably always the right choice.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so. secondly, <laughs> what,
0: what we have talked about so many times with Al when he was, you know, before he died, before he was murdered in terms of the impression we get of him being this sort of closed off, you know, hyper masculine guy who's not in touch with his emotions. And that's probably what made him so good at his job. Cause in terms of reaching his objectives and completing operations successfully for the CIA, he was completely divorced of his emotions. He wouldn't have been able to carry out some of the more questionable missions, you know, immoral perhaps missions that he was assigned if he was thinking emotionally. But now you kill him, leave him dead for five years, bring him back. And all of a sudden, in a lot of ways, Spawn is completely, and Al Simmons is completely a creature of emotion. How much of it is because he didn't handle his emotions the right way when he was alive now he's not alive, and it's like he's just—he's cutting loose because he's lashing out. He's in such a terrible position, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the idea of the uh, the parallels he has with with Forsberg. Forsberg was sort of more overtly tortured, but even in uh, Malbolge's own words, and you mentioned it, Malbolge wants Spawn to live this tortured existence. So again, it's another parallel between Forsberg and Spawn, but apparently all it takes is a magic word, Cygor, to kind of snap Forsberg out of it. I think it's going to take more than just a magic word to help
1: help Al snap out of it. Yeah, I really felt... uh, I I agreed with you entirely when you said it. That was definitely one of those hamstrung kind of comic book things. You just... Was yeah, it a I just plot advice? Sure. Was it well yeah. executed? No. <laughs> yeah, you, you should have made it. it you
0: should have made it that that Forsberg was like in charge of the project. Then it would have made more sense if it was you know really important. Mm-hmm. Part of his existence before he died, you know, maybe it could have been his last assignment before but he. this was just a
1: random him. file that he. Yeah, read a random basically. file. He that, even yeah. remembered the guy's Polish name, which is hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it was crazy, but
0: I will, uh, I will say to switch uh, talking about the art, you know, I, I called out the one specific page, which is just fantastic from, uh, Greg Capullo. but so but good. throughout, uh, there's a lot of detritus, a lot of debris we got worms we got
1: rats we got bats we got chains uh yeah i mean this was an action packed episode like yeah. it and it really did feel like payoff like like this this wasn't issue that we knew was coming eventually and we didn't know what the full impact of it was going to be there was just a robot gorilla in the middle of nowhere and then it starts trekking across america to try and find al simmons and it was a long time coming and now here we are we get this issue and it's so action-packed the art's phenomenal the story is pretty good the writing's really good we get to see al develop a little more intellectually and emotionally and we it's just, it's all around a good issue. It, it was a really solid, solid issue for me. I heard before that initially Todd McFarlane, uh, only created Cygor because, uh, I guess there's like this trend where comic books, in in comic creators love to draw gorillas i don't know how true that is it's just like a rumor that i saw floating around the internet that he just wanted to draw a cool looking gorilla and that he like back and forth it with greg cupolo and uh and then they kind of created him together but i don't know how true that is
0: yeah i've heard that rumor makes like ah, every like you put a monkey in your comic uh, or a gorilla or an ape or something. And sales always go up. People love <laughs> monkeys in comics. I, yeah. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but, yeah. uh, yeah, fantastic issue. I, I gotta think, man, like if this came out, if, if, if McFarland drew this in one month, like, oh my God, like I, I bet Greg would even tell you now, like there's no way I could go back It like that was the younger Greg, you know, 20 years ago, younger Greg, yeah. like probably was getting two hours of sleep a night in order to get this issue out. Cause there's just so much detail in it. Just, so much good work yeah fantastic so uh all right well any last thoughts blake before we wind this one up no i'm all good all right everybody uh we appreciate you joining us as always uh don't forget to uh to give us a follow uh, on social media leave some comments if you're checking us out on youtube uh next i think next episode i'll I'll do a recap on on what we're doing and why i haven't done it in a few episodes so we'll we'll let you know Uh, but we appreciate you joining us as always uh, as we celebrate 30 Years of Spawn and 30 Years of Image Comics with uh, Spawn Daily. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple.